we, I feel like we live in a world where you can't really just do one thing. You need to do many things in order to sort of survive or um, see what will work. Every podcast has an opening song. This is ours. It's not very long. Chase, I think our opening song needs to be a little bit longer. I'm singing more of our opening song to intro our show called Behind Two Blondes. Hi, everyone. My name's Chase O'Donnell. And I'm Savannah Brown. Together, we started a comedy duo called Two Blondes. Every week, Savannah and I interview a successful millennial who's pursuing their passion in an attempt to pick up some pointers of our own and hopefully inspire you to get out there and do the same. Today, we're interviewing Jamie Bendel. Jamie is a 20-something Tony Award-winning producer. You heard me correct. She has a Tony. She also is an incredible singer-songwriter who performs regularly at the famous Rockwood Music Hall in New York. Oh my god. Well, we've been wanting to talk to Jamie ever since we started this podcast, so we're so happy we can finally sit down with her for brunch and hear her story. But before we do, we've got to tell you what we're having for brunch. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Creamy polenta and mushrooms with soft boiled eggs and melted grana pandana. I don't know how to say that cheese. Grana padana. Grana padana. Mm. Mm. As you may or may not know, we have Blue Apron to thank for that delicious meal. We are so grateful to have them as a sponsor. Blue Apron sends you all the ingredients you need to cook a gourmet meal. We use it, and it makes our lives so much easier. So much easier. No more trips to the grocery store. We get fresh ingredients at our doorstep every week for half the price. And an unexpected perk of it all has been how great of a cook I'm becoming. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm becoming a good cook. You are. It's a win-win. So if you'd like to help out our podcast, then head on over to blueapron.com slash blondes and get your first Three Blue Apron meals free. And if you find a better deal than that on the internet, then your mattress is free. Wrong company. Oh, yeah. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. <laughs> cheers. Hi. Thank you so much for brunching with us. Virtual cheers. Virtual cheers. Uh, what are you yes. drinking? It looks like a LaCroix. <laughs> it is LaCroix. I had to wait because I had to actually sip. take a sip in order for our cheers to be like in good luck or right, right. or whatever people say. Not I to sabotage what the cheers. What flavor is that? Mm. I'm not even, it's grapefruit. Oh, I haven't mm. tried I'm the not, grapefruit. Yeah. It's so good. You haven't tried it? No, it doesn't come on boxed.com. Oh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It does come in the sampler pack from Costco. Oh, all right. That's where I'm going next. <laughs> where are you going? Yeah. That's where I'm going. Chase, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a vodka soda. In a martini glass. In a martini glass. And that's Sounds it. lovely. Lovely. What about you? I'm trying a Bloody Mary <laughs> for the first time. That's crazy. I don't like it. In a mug. In a mug. <laughs> Mine isn't really a brunch drink. It's more of a night drink. But anyway, Jamie. Maybe for some. Yeah. <laughs> For some. Thank you so much again for joining us. Um, you have so many talents, one of them being you're a musician and singer songwriter, the other being you're a Tony Award winning producer. Tony Award? Yeah. What? I have like 
My little guitar right here, by the way. I'm, I have that guitar. I'm trying to show you. But oh. it's, it's a great guitar. A is, baby Taylor. Yep, GS the Mini. Taylor Mini. And it it's GS Mini, yeah. It has the plug-in, which is ideal. Should we jump into music first? Um, let's jump into music since, since you just, you brought, just up brought up your guitar. Um, how did how did you get into songwriting and and singing and making your own music videos and performing all that jazz? Oh, my goodness, <laughs> I have I you know I feel like it should be by this point I should have rehearsed in general like in my life because I've been doing it for a while. I should have rehearsed like a, a succinct story, but I just I've always loved making up songs, writing songs. I was sort of raised in a family that had a song for every part of the day. And <laughs> so I think it was just sort of like something that I grew up with. And um, I I studied business in my undergrad education. And I just, when I moved sort of back to New York City, I knew I wanted to pursue songwriting. And I went to every open mic I could find. I would go to like five to seven in a week, sometimes two in a night. And I just spent time playing around, meeting other musicians, bought my friend a beer who went to NYU and was like, he studied jazz. And I was like, tell me everything you know. Aww. And um, yeah, Jay Goodman, he's a really great guy, but, and a phenomenal musician. But, um, but yeah, I just started writing, um, kept sort of recording EPs and trying to build from there. Well, when you say I just started recording and making EPs, that's not easy. That's like a huge accomplishment. So many people work like their entire lives to make one EP. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a testament to your like go-getter um, personality. Like you just did it. And she's the definition of a go-getter. Thank you. Oh, you're that's a go-getter. Yes. <laughs> I, that's how I... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's you so are. That's so kind of you to say. Because it's just not every day that someone just goes out and does it themselves, not waiting for um, someone to tell them that they can. You just do yeah. it. So what was it's... the process of that? Or yeah, what, what you were going to say? I mean... Um, I, I was just going to say that it's interesting because there are so I've always been a person of varied interests and something that I've sort of been grappling with in my life right now, um, like professionally and, you know, musically mm -hmm. is um, perfectionism. And is it better to do many things or to do a few things really well? And how does someone with varied interests really create a life for themselves that for themselves that feels meaningful when you do, you know, many things and you sort of sometimes get like, I sometimes get down on myself for not being, you know, the top mm -hmm. at Definitely. everything yeah. is not possible. But anyway, so I, you know, I, I guess part of that is reaching out to people sort of going back to your initial question is reaching out to people who do have experience in, uh, you know, depth of experience in one area so that even if you don't have that depth of experience mm -hmm. or that high, high um, ability in an area that you enjoy, you seek out people who do, who might not, you know, who might not go for breadth and doing many things, but who have extensive experience in one area. And for me, you know, um, the way that I got into recording and just doing was to reach out to this friend and to ask him for advice about studios. And I had already, having graduated um, in 2009, I had already developed song, like written songs that I wanted to just jump right in and, and record. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, they might not have been perfect, but I just, I had this idea to just get them out. Mm -hmm. And so he actually gave me a list of studios and I went to their websites and listened to clips of music that they had and, and, um, just chose, just chose the first one, uh, or the, the first studio, the studio where I recorded my first EP and then, you know, built, built off of that from there, tried to improve on each recording from there. Wow. Now, something just hit hard. Um, you were saying, because this is what I've been struggling with, how do you, when you're good at many things or enjoy many things, is it better mm-hmm. just to have one passion? And I've heard some people say you need to focus on one thing to be really successful. And I've heard the opposite. Like, if, if a lot of things make you happy, then do all of the things. But how do you have time mm-hmm. in the day to be a Tony Award-winning producer and an incredible artist and recording your EPs? Where does your time go? How do you time manage? I mean... Manage your time. Oh, something and something that you just said... Oh, it's so hard because I really want to, well, I think that, um, being successful and doing what you love, like are not always the same thing. So like, I love doing many things, but I don't know that I'm, you know, successful at mm-hmm. all of them. And that's another thing that, that weighs on my mind sometimes. Um, you know, I, I feel like I lead a very full life and I pack my days, um, with as much as possible. And I, that might sound crazy, but like, that's, that's actually sort of the way I was raised. Um, just even, you know, I have a very entrepreneurial father who gets involved in many different projects and that. So again, you know, these are early childhood influences, whether it's, you know, my mom was sort of the singer, the one who mm-hmm. sang. Mm. And so I latched on to that and that's carried through to who I am now. And then my dad on the business side has all of these varied interests and, you know, Wow, that is time management wise. Yeah, I mean, time management wise, it's just it's hard. It's not easy. I think living in New York City, it it sort of helps um, foster and breed this like mindset of like do 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 do. The energy here is Um, is addicting. It's addicting. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I that's like an area that I need to work on is time management. But I think I just get pleasure and joy from doing a lot of different things and trying to, um, you know, spend my time doing and creating mm-hmm. doing something. rather than, yeah. So rather than like, you're yeah. Skyping us from an office and you do, yes. you go to work every day at an office for this production company, big block, correct? Yes. And so yeah. Is it is it sort of a nine to five, and then afterwards is when you um, do music and everything, or are you able to work it in during the day? So um, things have been a little bit crazy for me right now. I'm actually <laughs> pursuing getting my master's as a creative arts therapist oh as well. God, so Jamie, I want that to I want that to ultimately inform you know the entertainment and production work that i do uh-huh um, that's amazing and also, you know being involved as being involved in this overall company cuz it's big block is actually a family business for me um i i feel like what better way to um empower and support and work with our creative employees because we're a design, we're primarily a design production company we do entertainment um you know film theater uh theater is primarily my focus, Mm -hmm. but we also represent directors who have their own feature content that they want to work on. And so I'm like, part of me just sees this license as like a personal, um, 
it's a personal goal of mine. Uh, you know, music will be heavily involved in that. Um, but also just, I do feel like it aligns with uh, my day to day as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm taking classes. I do some internship work for that, um, at night. And then during the day I have some internship work, but, um, but I'm at the office. Yeah. I'm at, um, this new office. We just moved into a space in Soho. So, um, and then music, you know, I have a show coming up. So go getter. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But I don't have enough time for music right now. So that's definitely a part of my life for my own music that, um, you know, I feel that pain like that. Yeah. I'm hoping tonight to I brought my guitar with me because I'm hoping in between some of my classes to pop into a practice room and play some music, write some songs. You are just go get her, go I'm get her, crazy. go get her. No, I no, love it I, so crazy. much. No, but that's I how. Know. I don't know. But I look up to you so much. If not now, when? Yeah. Right. Sorry. True. If not me, then who? Yeah. That's a quote yeah. from yeah. Emma Watson. Now, you said this is a family company, did you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meaning yeah. your family opened it or they feel like family? No. It's, you know, it's a little, well, both. Okay. Both, for sure. Well, <laughs> both in a sense. I mean, um, everybody, yeah, I would consider, like, I'm high I see the company as like a family to each other, as a community. You know, it's called Big Block, like really trying to embody the spirit of like a neighborhood, a neighbor, welcome to the block, you know, Mm. all of those things. Um, But um, it's a little bit of a longer story on how, and honestly, one that is like interesting, but not enough to like speak extensively about it. But um, (laughs) It, it started out small. The company started prior to our family being involved. There were some synergies um, in a different business that made sense for us to come in and sort of um, be a partner in the company and then um, to own, you know, the major- uh, majority portion of the company. And so um, it's interesting how sometimes with business, you one thing leads to another. Yeah. Don't necessarily know where things will go but you take opportunities as they come and you enjoy it yes i do i love the we have such great people working for us yeah so and that's so important i can't stress that i mean i feel like when i was working with you and big block it was like the warmest family of all time still the happiest memories of my life so far so so i can attest to that But That's so cool to hear. I have a follow-up with all this. Yeah. Um, you say it's it sort of happened and your family became part of it. Mm-hmm. Did you go into this being like, I want to be a producer? Or was this just almost a job that you were like, oh, I'll take this while I'm pursuing my other passions? Um, you know, I don't. I don't think I realized what a producer did. I don't think I realized that um, until I started with Big Block that a producer got to blend the business side of things with the artistic and that I would be able to support other people's artistic visions because I I don't love being like the spotlight as an artist. I think Mm -hmm. that's hard. Um, Which is so funny. And I I find a lot of artists are that way, but you are so talented and you shine on stage. But at the same time, you are so quiet and like to be in the Mm -hmm. background. So it's it's really interesting to hear that. But go on. Yeah. No, I I mean, yeah, I 
I think like I just producing allows me to to sort of step back and let other people's artistic visions not uh, shine, but like have a say in the in the business side of things and the operations of like. I, it was something that I didn't even realize existed until Big Block. It wasn't our our business school. I feel like the world is more multifaceted. We're sort of all Swiss Army knives, you know, or or maybe if you look at like um, people who are well known or considered like celebrities or influencers today, they're acting, they're producing, they're writing. Um, you know, you live in. We, I feel like we live in a world where you can't really just do one thing or where Unfortunately, sometimes you need to do many things in order to sort of survive or um, see what will work. Yeah. And so I didn't, I just, our biz, my business school didn't offer much in the way of entertainment. And so I just didn't realize what was out there. And then you, know, from a, yeah. you, you got into producing, realized I love this. And then you mm-hmm. went like full into it and won a Tony. So yeah, we have to touch on that. Because that's so huge. Yeah, I mean, so that's an interesting place. Like, um, it's an interesting conversation because um, in theater, you can be a lead producer where you're developing and shepherding a project. And then you can be a co-producer where you have a little bit of say, you can fundraise, which was what, which was our involvement on Gentleman's Guide. And then um, you can also just be an investor, which sometimes we will just invest in shows and, I mean, I love that too because you're still, again, showing support for a project that you love or mm-hmm. think is commercially exciting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, ask away. I mean, so you you got involved with Gentleman's Guide with Love and mm-hmm. for Love and Murder. Is that what? Savannah and I actually saw it together before the Tony. Oh really? Uh huh. Um, so and fun. it was fantastic. Fantastic. So what was it like when you won? Um, I, you know, it was a, it was a really cool moment, a cool experience to, I don't, I don't think I ever anticipated being on the Tony stage mm-hmm. in, in my life. Like growing up, it wasn't, I mean, it's interesting cause I think I would have sooner thought as a performer than as a producer. Yeah. Although in later years, like, no, I cannot act. So that would <laughs> never happen. Um, but I, it was just, it was a cool moment. Um, you know, it was also an interesting thing because simultaneously I had been working on Heather's off Broadway and that was something that I was a lead producer on. And we were at a point where we were like, how are we going to have audiences really find out about the show? How are we going to help it succeed and reach the amount of people it needs to reach? And so I felt like I was pouring my life into working on that and then also being recognized for something that I had only a little part of. And you're like, oh. trying to reconcile that is an interesting thing. You know, mm-hmm. working so hard on something and fe- feeling like people aren't watching and then not working so hard on something and being recognized for it. Although with that, with Gentleman's Guide, I mean, that was a 10-year-plus process it was a to long... get at that show. And I was telling you, Peggy yeah. Hickey, the choreographer, was my yes. choreographer in college. And when I went into college, she had already been working on it for four years. And so yeah. when they won, it was like, oh, my God, exactly. thank God she's worked so hard on this. But and, th- and you know yeah. what? Yeah. And Bryce Pinkham, oh, the lead. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw him yeah. in Bloody, Bloody Andrew Jackson, and he was a little yeah. part in that. 
And then to go mm-hmm. onto the stage and be the lead, I was like, oh, you're such a star. And congratulations. Yeah. It's so exciting. And it is crazy to think, like, you never know because in the entertainment, mm-hmm. it's so – there's so much luck involved and so much yeah. hard work. But it's like – So much hard work. The the um, the show, Heather's, like, you're, you had to put so much energy and work into that to get people there. And you're doing all this work, but at the same, yeah, I don't know. It's just crazy that it, it's timing, it's everything. And, and what, what exactly is the process that you do as a producer to get people to shows? Is that what you're doing is getting people there? Yes, in part. I mean, um, you know, you, we hope that we work with the right marketing agency to sort of help facilitate that. But a lot of the ideas, you know, we're still very much a part of the day to day deciding, you know, helping shape how that, you know, will hopefully happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I mean, more than anything, it's something that, you know, you're, you know, you're going to have to ultimately be responsible for is getting butts in seats. And I feel like as a musician and doing shows on your own, has that uh-huh. played into your own career, learning how to get people to your show? It has, but it's total. I think it's totally different. I mean, maybe some people could argue that it's not, mm-hmm. but, um, but I think it is different when you're the artist and you feel like you have to promote yourself versus promoting someone else's artistic right. piece. That yes, you are a producer on, and yes, you've sort of said, "Hey, I think this project is great. I want to get behind it." So in a sense, it's sort of you, mm-hmm. but it still feels so different. It's still, I, yeah. I mean, I, I've definitely learned. I've learned from producing and been able to translate some of that to my own work as an artist. Yeah. But um, but in terms of my feeling behind it, it's a it's a little bit different right. with both. Do you want, is your dream to have, be singing your songs or do you want them recognized and maybe just be the songwriter? Would that be the same, would that bring you the same amount of joy? Because you were saying you don't need to be on stage. You don't need to be. Mm-hmm. But do you see it, yeah. be, it being you presenting the music you write? Uh, I think I would be, I would enjoy, I haven't really written for other people. Um, because that is something that is like another avenue Whole can another. Take, and that takes so much time networking. Um, there's a lot that goes into that. So I am completely, sorry, I have, um, I'm completely open to that, mm-hmm. but I just, it hasn't, the opportunity hasn't presented itself. And that's I, a I think whole I'd other feel, career. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd, I'd feel fine doing both. Mm-hmm. And I, Ultimately, the thing that I like about songwriting and singing my own music is that I feel like if I mess up, who cares? It's my music and I can be like, oh, that's part of it. Like you get to experience me with my music on stage. If I mess up, it's all part of the show. You know, I don't feel indebted to a director, a choreographer, Mm -hmm. a writer to say their lines and to deliver them the way that they want them to be delivered or the way that they, um, you know, envision. Yeah. Hey, you guys, I am interrupting this amazing interview. Jeez, that sounds a little cocky. It does. It does. It's just an interview. But, I mean, our guest is pretty amazing. Our interviewee is amazing, but we're our, not saying we're amazing. We're not saying that we're amazing. You know what is amazing? Mm. Our Blue Apron meal. Delicious. We're just reminding you that Blue Apron is our sponsor. And as a thank you for listening to this show, 
we would like you to head to blueapron.com slash two blondes. Spelled T-O-O. So that we can send you three free meals. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> but really, please do it. Thank you. Thank For you. someone that is listening to this going, I'd love to put the songs I write onto an EP. And mm-hmm. did you like fundraise the money to do that? Did it cost money? Or were you working a nine to five already? Like, how did that, mm-hmm. how did you raise the money to do it? So I, I had money saved from like years of being a camp counselor and like, um, like I had, so I had saved that money throughout college and, um, and I used that. I have, I have had trouble with crowdfunding, um, you know, for a reason similar to it's not always easy for me to promote myself. Um, I feel you and we feel, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, we I haven't think, done it just because we're like, oh, I, it's it's scary being like, here, is, give yeah. us money. I would support it, though. If you do it, let me know. <laughs> okay. um, Thanks, seriously. Jamie. I mean it. But um, <laughs> it's like I'm trying to think of um, – I think it's easier now than when I first when I first started writing and recording because, you know, honestly, like GarageBand – will do the trick sometimes. And nowadays, like, it's one thing if you're trying to put your music up on Bandcamp or SoundCloud mm-hmm. or, or have an EP or put music up on Spotify. Like, you can do that. It might not be high fidelity. Like, it might not be the best quality, but you can get your music out there. Yeah. Nobody's going to say to you, oh, no, it's not good enough to be, like, on iTunes. Or, you know, you can create an album yourself recording honestly even off your phone even though i would not <laughs> that wouldn't be my go-to choice for recording unless you had like a, a mic that mm-hmm. you plugged in um but it's just easier nowadays like i my suggestion would be to just do it and just you know to look let's say you put out an album that maybe isn't the highest quality of sound uh, you know like doesn't have the highest quality of like sound engineering or mixing um, but like, look at that as part of your journey mm-hmm. and, and people can, can look back and see like, okay, you know, this is where this person started, or this was like the early recordings of mm-hmm. this artist. Wow. And, um, I, have, I love that. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, it does. And then I feel like I almost want to hear your advice for someone getting into producing that wants to win a Tony. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would say that it's often a, a long road, and if it's not, I would almost question the process mm-hmm. because with theater, like it, sh- it is a team. It's a team effort. It should be a team effort. You don't, you know, unless it's a one-person show, and even still, you're going to need like an audio engineer. You know, you're going to need people to mm-hmm. make a lighting designer. Yeah. You're going to need people to make a. Pro- um, a, a space, maybe not. Maybe you can be really experimental. But um, so I, I think it should, you know, take take time. And um, and so I would say, like, try to form relationships with creators. If you're if you you know don't want to create the work yourself, get to know writers. Um, maybe take a course in screenwriting. And even if you don't plan to do it, or you know, or um, you know, in in playwriting. Um, even if you don't intend to write yourself, to meet people who do and to, um, to, to just read, to, 
go to the drama book bookstore and read plays and um, try to get a sense of you know what you like what you don't like see shows um, see what's out there talk to the writer especially at a smaller theater and just um, there are so many so many playwrights who end up producing their own work and looking for producers to take projects on and so um, I think going to some of the smaller theaters and just seeing those shows and meeting those writers building those connections and saying hey I love your work can we develop something together can I produce this for you can we take this to another level like that's Making you know being a self-starter in that sense yeah um, you know and then also there are things like CTI and um, other podcasts on producing and just mm. gathering information. Um, but I think just building connections yeah. to to people in similar spots. Yeah, 100% surround yourself with people that mm-hmm. are creating also. Uh-huh. Any yes. any fun exactly. projects you're working on now that you can that we can all look out for in the future? Yeah. Um, so right now we have a show that's up in Maine called Heartbreak Hotel. We're working with oh, Ogunquit Playhouse on that. Is that oh, what Brenna's in? Yes. In yeah. Maine? Or so, is she in LA? Um, yes, in Maine. And so, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so Brenna Bloom is, is an actress in that production, and we are lucky enough to work with her, Chase's oh. you know, um, <laughs> on, on one day and inappropriate. Uh-huh. Um, out in LA and then in New York. And so that's up in Maine and we're, we're determining next steps. And that's, um, a, a musical that is the prequel to million dollar quartet written mm-hmm. by the same Amazing. writer as million dollar quartet. So working on that and, um, figuring out what the next steps are. And that's playing through, um, the end of September up in Maine. Amazing. And, we are um, working with Russell Simmons and um, Universal Music Group on this scenario, which is a hip hop musical, and that was um, wow. that was sort of come up with by Scott Prizan, who was uh-huh. my partner at, at Big Block, and um, was a general partner on Rock of Ages. So, if that sort of that really great fun vibe like that, but. Um, hip-hop set to some of the best yeah oh the best, most important hip-hop oh my god oh they're they're not original so original, hip-hop. Sto- original no, story original story wow yes. <gasps> yeah, so. robbie would love that he loved my husband loves the hip-hop oh that's <laughs> awesome yeah well, that'll we'll be so cool yeah that. keep Please us posted on everything yeah yeah everything. and then you know just um one day we have a book writer that we brought on to work with uh the creator michael sotilli and her name is stacy she's absolutely fantastic and so there are some fun things that we are looking into for that and still trying to um you know it's with theater you really you have to find the right home but also balance that with commercial you know, where, where could it work commercially? And mm-hmm. I think that's a big challenge just because well, theater costs a lot of money. Well, I have to say that for those of you listening who don't know, One Day was my big off-Broadway debut and my claim to fame that I tell everyone. You're fantastic. I was in oh, an off-Broadway show, and that's how I know Jamie, through that. So oh, that's really cool. You didn't start with that. I didn't explain how we know you. <laughs> yeah. You were Chase- my producer. You are such a wonderful actress and singer. It is so lovely to 
have met you through that. Oh, and likewise with producing and Thank singing you. and everything, all of the above. But all of the above. Thank I know you. that you are waiting on a um, a seamless order. Is that correct? Is it Grubhub, Postmates? It's delivery.com. Oh, del- delivery.com. Not, not any of them. <laughs> Shout out to delivery. Although I love, I love all the services equally. Blue um, Aprons are sponsors, so we should shout, shout out, out to, to Blue them. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome. I should start. To, I need to use that and learn how to cook. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, how. it teaches you I how to cook. Too. I need to learn too. So, yeah. um, I we're gonna let you go and eat um, your we second your lunch brunch. Break. <laughs> no, it's totally uh, fine. It's an honor to. It's an honor to talk to you. And um, I guess before before I go, I, I feel bad. I've been. I've been talking so much. Oh, and oh I, that's the point. That's the point. I, yeah, but it's, I don't know. I, so, yeah, if there's anything else that I that I said that you, like, need for me, just let me know. You're the sweetest. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, no. We're just big fans. You literally were perfect. An amazing interview. We're so inspired. Cheers and, to being, like, yeah. a badass in life. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Cheers to you guys. So impressed by all you do. Let's end with um, where you see yourself in 10 years. Where are you asking me that? Mm -hmm. Let's end end with that question. (laughs) Oh my God. I forgot to ask. I, (laughs) that question is such a, I don't actually think about it often because I'm so focused on like, which is probably not a good thing. That is a good thing. It is a good thing. Um, Oh, I should have a little bit of foresight, but, um, (laughs) I just, I think continuing to produce, um, new works and Mm -hmm. that's continuing to produce new works to be able to blend, um, some of what I've learned doing, you know, as a creative arts therapist to, um, I think added another layer dimension of meaning to the work that I'm producing and even that I'm creating in my own life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, obviously it would be fun to have a, another Tony, but I, but only because that would mean that then there would be a whole team of people who also are creating amazing work and being recognized for the work that they do. Um, definitely having shows on Broadway, off Broadway that I've helped to develop would be like a huge honor. And just to continue playing, to continue writing, to continue to release music. Um, you know, I know those are such general no. goals and places. I mean, I hope to have a family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, there? you know, um, but I just like, I just want to still be creating and yeah. still be facilitating other people's you know, creative vision. I, I so. It feels like that you are already doing that. You already are living um, your goals, which is really cool to hear. And you just want to continue. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, one more cheers. One more Just cheers. Just so beautiful. Cheers. Thank, thank you, you again for having me. Thank oh, you. thank you for thank joining you. us. And You're both so gracious oh. and wonderful, oh, really. stop it. Thank stop you. I'll take it, it though. <laughs> That's our show, and now we're saying so long. Tune in next time on Behind Two Blondes. The Behind Two Blondes podcast is brought to you by FOU Studios and recorded at Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens. The show was created and written by Chase O'Donnell and Savannah Brown. This episode was produced and edited by Chase O'Donnell. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. 
I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUstudios.com. Boom! Boom.